Shalom to all. Today's office is Shalmi Chumas Tavchav Dalit, and we are starting about the second line with the words Tamon Taninon, and in the Vilna Surah Sadaf, it's on Yud Gimel Amud Beis, a few lines into the Amud. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Mirim Sar Bas Biakiv Maisha, Her Nishama should have an Aliyah. They were discussing Tafuach and Samuk, swollen and shriveled. And yesterday, the discussion mostly centered around fresh figs, which are Tafuach, and dry ones, which are Samuk. We had a Machlok as whether we look at something Samuk as if it was Tafuach, and vice versa, or not. I think where's the Tamon Taninon over there we learned in a Mishnah. And the following is from Mesachis Menachas. We know the Shtealechem were the two breads brought on Shavuos, and they were unique in that they were chametz, as opposed to all other flour kabanis, which were matzah. And Rav Meir and Rabbi Huda argue how they were machmetz, how they caused the shtei to become chametz, without increasing the shear that they were supposed to be. So Rav Meir holds that they would measure out nisarin worth of flour, which is the required amount for the shtei put a little to the side to create sa'ar, which is a very potent yeast starter, and that helps everything rise, and then add it into the remaining flour. And with this, we're only working with the sarin of flour that we started out with, so we have the regular shear. Now Rabbi Huda holds that this method is not going to enable it to properly rise, and therefore, Sa'ar was brought from someone else's house, placed in a kli measuring Nisarain, and then flour was added to reach the total. So the Mishnah picks up and says, Amrulai, they told him, meaning they told Rabbi Yehuda, Afi Yasera, then in this way, it's going to either be Chasera or Yasera. Now, Mani Amrulai, who's this Amrulai to Rabbi Yehuda? So it's Rav Meir. Rav Meir is telling Rabbi Yehuda, because Rav Meir is the one who's arguing with Rabbi Yehuda. And what's Rav Meir telling him? That Pa'amim Shasar Yafeh, sometimes this Sa'ar, this Arado starter is very good, and it's very expanded, and Ha'ilu Silas, if we were to view it as Silas, meaning if we were to view it in its flower state, it really would be much more shriveled. It wouldn't be so expanded. And now that it's actually Sa'ar and it's very expanded and it's in this Kli, so you'd have to view this very expanded, this very puffed up sourdough as if it was shriveled. And now this Mincha seems like it's lacking because if we're going to view this very puffed up sourdough as if it was in its original flower state, which is obviously much smaller, this means that we don't have enough over here for the Shtayalachem. And the other way around is true as well. Sometimes the sa'ar is really not so good and it's very shriveled. And if it was flour, tfucha would be much larger and expanded. But now that the sa'ar, which is in the kli, is not good and it's very shriveled, that means we have to view this shriveled part as if it's expanded. Now these shtealechem seem like they're actually bigger than they're supposed to be. And that's what Meir was telling Rabbi Yehuda. Now what do we see from here? The proper girsa is, According to Rabbi Yirmiyah, Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Shimon, Lakish, that we had yesterday, all of them agreed to the same thing, meaning they all agreed to the same svara of his case by Yisera. Because Rabbi Yirmiyah, Rabbi Yechon, and Rish Lakish all said yesterday that we view something that's currently shriveled as if it was puffed up and blown up. And that's the way we just explained what Rav Meir was telling Rabbi Yehuda in the Yisera part of his statement. And the proper gear is, according to Rabbi Yirmiyah, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi of yesterday, all of them agree to the svara of chasera of Rav Meir. Because all of them hold the other way around, that when we have something tafuach, we view it as if it's shriveled, as if it's samuk. And therefore they would agree to this part of Rav Meir's statement to Rav Yehuda. I think Mark continues with the story, Elin de Barpati, the people of the Barpati family, Bashlan Ayrez, they cooked rice, and Anshan Matakna, they forgot to be matakin it before they cooked it, meaning they forgot to separate the necessary things. So Yosef Havraya, sovereign Meimar, the Havraya, the colleagues Rabbanon wanted to say, and this is the proper girsa, Yosef Chai Vushal, take off from raw rice for the cooked rice. So let's say we have a total of a saw of cooked rice. We have to take off a tenth of a saw from raw rice. And this is obviously according to the sheet though that we do not view something which has expanded as if it's been shrunk. Because we're looking at the cooked rice, which we know is much more expanded than raw rice, as if it's the proper shear. And we view it as just a regular saw of rice. And we're taking off from raw rice, which is much smaller, based off of the shear of the expanded cooked rice. However, Amalai Rabiesi, Rabiesi told them, Ofana Amar Kane, I would also say the same in this situation. Even though in a different situation, I would not, like we 
learned yesterday, over here I would. And why is that? Because I would say this in all scenarios, with anything that it's normal for it to expand. And rice can't actually be eaten unless it's been cooked, and mamelo that means unless it expands. So the expanded cooked rice is considered to be the proper shear, and that's why in this scenario, I'm not going to view it as if it's shrunk. But in a different scenario where it's not normal for it to expand, I would say that we view the expanded version as if it's shrunk, like we learned previously. And we're going to bring you halacha, halacha gimel. The Mishnah says, if one has two different types of olives, zese shemen, which are olives that are usually squeezed for the oil, and zese kevesh, which are olives that are going to be pickled, so you should only separate from zese shemen for zese kevesh and not the other way around. And that's because zese shemen, ones that are intended for their olive oil, are much tastier than zese kevesh. Now we're going to see in the Gemara this is Shittas Rabbi Yehuda that we always have to separate min hayafe al hara. You know, in this scenario, if there's no kayin, we should technically separate from zese kevesh because they're going to be pickled and last longer, and therefore we want them to last until we can get a kayin. Rabbi Yehuda, as we learned about in the previous Mishnah, doesn't care about that, and he says we always have to separate minayafa alara. Furthermore, v'yain she'ein mavoshal al mavoshal, one would separate from non-cooked wine for cooked wine because non-cooked wine is much better. V'lai minavoshal she'ein mavoshal, but not from cooked wine onto non-cooked wine. Hamish continues that klal is the rule. Kol shul kalim b'chaveroi. Anytime we have two minim that are kalim with each other, they're not allowed to be planted with each other. Lo yisrael mizalzeh. One is not allowed to take of truma from one for the other because they're considered like two totally separate minim, and that's a filu minayafa alara even from better onto not so good. But if two minim are not considered kalayim, so one would separate from the good for the bad and not the other way around. But if one did separate from the inferior for the superior, it is valid truma. Except for zunim on chitim, why is that? Because zunim is not considered food. Even though it is a type of wheat, it's so inferior that it's not eaten by people and it's only eaten by birds. So therefore, it's considered like two separate minim. However, are considered one min, whereas Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda says, they're considered like two minim, and this machlag between the Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda is found in Masechus Kalim as well in regards to Kisha Samalafafine. We're going to stop here for the day and pick up tomorrow explaining the Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.